you can't judge a comic by its cover. Greetings. This is Ziggy, and you are listening to the Star Bright Project. Welcome to the Star Bright Project, a Headcast Network podcast about one of the greatest TV shows ever created, Quantum Leap. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Moss. I've been a Quantum Leap fan since uh, 1989. I discovered Quantum Leap through my mother. I was in my room at the time when my mom came in and told me there was a show that I needed to watch since it was about time travel. So I turned on NBC and settled in to watch my first episode. Man, I was hooked. Watched every episode. I rewatched it when it was re-aired on the USA Network and then later on other channels. Joining me is my wife and co-host, Michelle Moss. Hello. Unlike Mr. TV... Hey, I resemble that. I can't say that I had the same experience. I may have seen two, three episodes, and what I did see, I thoroughly did enjoy. When I met Aaron, it was one of those moments that surprised him when I told him that I actually knew of the show. Though... I didn't tell him how little I had actually seen. Here it is 14 years later, and now I'm watching each episode in order, one by one, as if it was a new primetime TV show, and I truly am excited. I do hope my inexperience will bring some nostalgia back to some of the old fans as I relive some of the mysteries and ask some questions you may have once asked back when you took your first leap with Sam and the rest of the Star Bright Project crew. Join us monthly as Michelle and I settle in and watch the entire run of Quantum Leap. I'm the Quantum Leap, I guess, expert on the show. <laughs> and I'm going to be the one asking a lot of questions, but hopefully helping reignite people's love for the show through a fresh pair of eyes. And we can experience it together on the Starbright Project podcast. And welcome to the Starbright Project 2022 Christmas Special. Woo! As usual, I am I am one of your hosts, Aaron Brotherhead Moss, and as always, joining me, we have my wife. Uh, I'm trying to figure out you, Michelle, or are you Trina tonight? I mean, we have Michelle. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Or maybe it is Trina. Who knows? Oh, and also, as usual, joining us from the very merry land down under. Oh, 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 and a couple of tralalas. That's how we laugh a day away in the merry land of Oz. We have Mr. Hayden McKee. Thank you, and fair warning for all time travelers out there. It's only 363 days until last Christmas. So get shopping. <laughs> <laughs> And we're not alone. Well, I guess three of us isn't alone anyways, but we also have joining us a very special guest. We have Mr. Albie. Hey, Albie. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Always Long time listener, first time guest. (laughs) Always glad to have you. Well, you were on one other episode. You didn't say anything. True, true, true. I was in the background. But yes, this we we've been silent for a little while trying to figure out the new game plan with the new series that's out and how we're working that with everything else. and But we're coming out to you guys with a Christmas special. We've done one once before where we looked at... A Little Miracle? Crap, am I like... We're miracle. looking yes, at crap you. tonight, too, by the way. <laughs> but tonight we're going to be looking at the Quantum Leap comic. Uh, this is issue three of the Quantum Leap comic book. By Inno- I think Quantum they were released by Innovation, weren't they? Yes, it was Innovation. It was 13 episodes before they canceled it. Episodes. 
13 issues before they canceled <laughs> it. They canceled it. They had two different stories in it. Again, it was from Innovation Comics. The first story was called He Knows If You've Been Bad or Good, written by John Holland, illustrated by Andy Price, letter Vicki Williams, the colorist is Scott Rockwell, editor George Broderick Jr., and of course, created by Donald Belisario. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And so this is for the first story. David Campiti was very high up in organizing all the comics as well. I think he was some sort of an editor. Oh, okay. Nice Very guy. Nice. Yeah, editor nice. Is that right, Albie? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I interviewed him for uh, the Quantum Leap podcast. Nice guy. Very nice. I think yeah. everybody in the 90s had a comic. Just about late 80s, early 90s. There was, yes. Because New Kids every... on the Block had a comic. Nintendo had a comic <laughs> for their different properties. Uh, and I've got I love my ALF comics. Yeah, Alf. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Alf was from Star Comics, which was the vision of Marvel. DuckTales. Thomas the Tank Engine had to have a comic, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm you sure. Know, yeah, I never did see they that had, one. They had an annual, actually, and lots of stories. You know, you Hayden, every time you mention Thomas the Train, now I'll, all I think about is that movie with Brad Pitt. The movie we watched with Brad uh, Pitt. Bullet Train? Yeah, Bullet Train. Train, yes. Yes, now, yes. Uh, Bullet <laughs> Train. Up, like, yeah. Because you're so, like, you know so much about it. Like, you so are like that Bullet Train guy. That's who you are. Yeah. That's your new Michelle, nickname, you are Bullet such a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking about that when I saw the movie. Saw it in IMAX. It was really good. thought it was good. Yeah, Very we watched it on Paramount. Something like that, yeah. One of our streaming channels, we watched it on. It was really good. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I think it was going to, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> not big into those kind of movies. Yeah. But <laughs> any Thomas fans out there, another great movie to watch is Unstoppable, which is pretty much like two really good episodes of Thomas and Friends kind of mashed into one with made into a live action movie. It is awesome. Is that the one with is that Denzel? Or Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's and the guy from My Name is Earl is the one who f- up at the start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jason Lee. Is that Jason Lee? No, the the brother, Randy. Oh, okay. But uh but yeah, we're here to talk about Quantum Leap, uh, not Bullet Train or Thomas Tank or <laughs> Power Rangers, I'm sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll give Hayden a minute. He'll he'll bring up Power Rangers. <laughs> Nerd. But this this issue came out March of nineteen ninety two. They occasionally do a Christmas episode. Yeah. There you go. See? And a quick synopsis on this issue, because again, or this thirty years ago. Movie, the quick synopsis for this issue is basically Sam leaps into a gentleman named Nick who has to prove to a young girl who looks like a woman <laughs> that, you know, Christmas is a good thing. I thought that and, too. Yeah. I was very confused. Yeah. <laughs> I think the artist was. Uh, too. I was confused about a lot of things, but especially the story. But, but anyways, uh, he has to prove to this little girl that Christmas is a good thing and help her find her Christmas spirit, I guess. That's the quick, dirty rundown of the story. Um, again, I first read this when it first came out back in 1992. I was, again, I'm a big comic geek, in case you haven't noticed. No. So I picked these up fresh off the stand. I had a, my uh, local comic shop was holding them for me. Uh, I know, Michelle, this is your first time yep. and last time reading it. Yep. <laughs> Hayden, when did you first read this story? She's going to cut them up soon to make some cups. We, we already know that, don't you? <laughs> I don't even know if that's worthy of a cup. <laughs> like, didn't even look like Dean Stockwell. He looked like something out of like a yeah. movie. It's horrible. Yeah. Actually, I was going to ask this. I think that Aaron and Albie are the comic book nuts here. I'm only a really casual reader of them. But is it common to have like different artwork between the cover and the mm-hmm. actual contents yeah. of the 
comic. It depends on the artist. Totally separate. Yeah. And I've talked about this over my GI Joe show. Uh, sometimes it depends on the license. Sometimes they're licensed and they can't have. They sometimes if the license doesn't uh, isn't right or it, they don't have, may not have paid for having the character on the cover. So the cover, character on the cover may not look like the actual character mm-hmm. if it's based on a real person. But then the inside story usually is. So it all depends on the artist. And yeah, you have different looks from the characters from issue to issue if they don't have like a permanent t- art team. Uh, where this one here looks like there's different artists on the book. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're going to have different looks throughout each issue. Yeah, even mm-hmm. between the three stories. And even, yeah, in between the two stories in this book. Uh, there was different artists, so yeah, you, you got different looks in the book. Yeah, and the cover artist had the same amount of time to do the cover as the other guy had to do each story, you know, so <laughs> yeah. that's why the cover is so much better. Do you have the prints of the covers? I think I have the print of this cover in that print set, right? I don't know. I didn't win <laughs> in the competition. You disqualified <laughs> me when I became part of the crew. Otherwise, I would I, th- I, I think so, yeah. <laughs> They're still out there. They're pretty pretty nice quality. They're good artwork, yeah. whoever that guy was. Was C yeah. something F? The, See Winston um, Taylor, isn't it? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Good prints. Yeah. Well, I think anyone who is watching at the moment can see this, the stark difference between the cover mm-hmm. art and the artwork that we've got in the comic book. And I don't know if I really appreciate that because <laughs> uh, it's really misleading for the people who are buying the comic book. Like, I, mm-hmm. I want to read something or look at something that looks as professional as it appears on the cover and then open up something that looks like a child this could have done. wish catalog you know? for Quantum so. Leap comics. <laughs> <laughs> when you order Quantum Leap from Wish, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They may not have had the license to do Bean's image. Oh, actually they did. Um, David and also the editor of this episode did tell us that they did have the licensing and they actually said that was really the only stipulation that they had for the artists, that whatever they drew had to look like Scott and Dean Mm. simply because they actually did pay for the license. So it's just really the fault of whoever drew them that Al looks so damn ugly. I should have been (laughs) canned. Well, look, to give him his due, there were a lot of fun little things in it. I loved all the Christmas decorations that were like mm-hmm. bordering each page. Oh, yeah, I loved I the stockings nice. with all the presents for everyone in the mm-hmm. uh, yeah in the um, uh, Quantum Leap crew. It's a shame that they cut off you know half of one of the rows of them. But anyone who does want to see them all in full, they did reprint them at the request of a reader who wanted to see them also in a later comic you can actually see them all my favorite bits are uh obviously al's got to have a playboy in his stocking (laughs) yeah and uh it's heartbreaking seeing sam's stocking completely empty and also donna's having a book that's called absent husbands (laughs) so at least whoever did actually do this knew the show and another thing that i like is they tried to follow quantum leap law quite well as well like they did make it known that you know little kids are going to be able to see sam and al and they made it known that supernatural beings are going to be able to see sam and al and it also followed the same sort of convention that they'd had in the show where if there's the possibility of a supernatural being being around then in the universe that being actually does exist so i was actually quite pleased that they did try and follow the quantum leap canon as well as they could. It's a cute story, a little bit unrealistic, to be honest. Not a, even if you get rid of the path that Santa Claus is real in this uh, universe. 
And he lives in an apartment building? The young girl has a point, though. It does seem like the father is, you know, going to help everyone except his family. Mm-hmm. You know, why wouldn't the girl feel neglected and not have any Christmas spirit then when, you know, everyone else is a priority in her mind except her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that kind of bothered me about the story. But I guess the dad was going through some kind of trauma having lost his wife two years ago. So he was working through the trauma or ignoring the trauma by just working all the time. But I, I think it was that he should have been spending more time with his daughter and less time at work. That's for sure. I'm just trying to look for the stockings that are in the comment. Oh, yeah, I just found them. I didn't see them when I just re- reread it. I had to Yeah, what look. page are they on? Page six, lower left. Al, Sam, and Donna. It's uh, okay. there's three stockings on and top. And there's another row that's kind of cut off. Okay. Now, what did they reprint, uh, Hayden? Because I'm not familiar with that piece of trivia. Yeah, uh, I can't remember which comic it was, but you know how in comics people would be able to write in and get oh, their yeah. letters put in the comic, well, Mm -hmm. apparently someone had written that they were disappointed they couldn't see the entire picture of all the stockings, so they reprinted them. Tina, Dr. Beaks, and Gushy. Hopefully Gushy had breath mints. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Give them some Altoids or something. Yeah, it would make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Altoids, Samtoids, whatever. (laughs) You know, that just... Gives me a whole other picture about what those would be than <laughs> reference. Tina might like the Altoids. My opinion of the story was it seemed a little bit like Al and Sam were too confrontational, like arguing the whole time. Like I agree. Con- conflict uh, seems to me always like lazy writing. Like I don't know what to write about, so I'm going to write about people having a conflict. And uh, I don't, I don't think it, it, it just didn't seem like the Sam and Al that I know. Because they, they yeah. have disagreements here and there, but not like that often. Yeah, and I, this could have been a good story. It could have been a good good episode. But in the comic, it was just too rushed. Yes. And yeah, they had to skip over things. Mm-hmm. And the show, they would actually take time to develop a little more. And yeah, I, I think if they took this, I guess, basic plot and wrote it for an actual episode, it probably actually could have been better. I agree. They didn't need the story. Yeah. yeah, it's actually interesting that you say that because I do agree. It does feel like the story is simultaneously padded out with stuff that it didn't need <laughs> and rushed at the end to try and conclude. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I, I do kind of like this overarching theme that they've got that a little bit of kindness, you know, can feel like the world to the person who receives it, even though it costs very little. And that you know, the little bit of good that you put out into the world can come back to you when you need it. I do like that theme that they put in there, but then, like, just out of the blue, the big boss comes in and says, no, I know you're innocent, you go back to yeah. work, you're fired, everything's everything's done. So it just seemed a bit uh, deus ex machina to Where me. Where did this come from? <laughs> when I read it, I literally went back to the page before to see if I missed something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It seemed like there was a page missing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like in the kids' book in Elf. No idea what the ducks are doing. What? Yeah. Now's now's the time. It's Christmas. Yeah. All right. Well, here's something to wrap your head around. Oh. Is Sam going to need a fake beard? That's my thought. He he shouldn't. I mean, unless Nick was wearing a fake beard, Sam wouldn't. But Nick has a real beard, though. That's what I'm saying. Unless he had a fake beard over his real beard. Sam would, yeah. and he must have had a fake beard because what? Michelle's looking like I'm crazy. 
Mm. Yeah. We see as well, the little beard. the little little kids would be seeing Sam as Sam too, remember? Oh, so yeah. if he's not wearing a beard, then he's not going to look like Sam. He'll look like he is on the front cover. So obviously Sam will need to wear a fake beard. So the little, the little kids beard. will So a beard well, on in a beard. the comic he is. Yeah. Mm. But he um That's a yeah, he'll need to wearing a beard. Yeah. And for the older kids, um, they'll be seeing like a beard on a beard and it won't look right. <laughs> yeah. So. Like Sam's wig when he was um, jumping out of a building or falling off of a building. Oh, in, in the uh, Disco the, Inferno. Yeah. Yeah. Disco Inferno. The earthquake movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing I thought too. Yeah. When I'm like, why, why does Nick have a fake beard on? He's got a beard. He, what? And that kind of threw me also. Yeah. It's one of many things. That and like you guys already mentioned, the, the the young girl that when we first see her, I thought she was supposed to be like uh, maybe a, a older sister or you know like an adult. I thought it was the mother because yeah. traditionally you see yeah. in those things uh, a kid with their parent going to see Santa Claus. So yeah, I was very confused for the first half, and then I was confused for a completely different reason for the second half. And I think yeah. they skipped and the middle. And even Al commented, I think, I think in one of the early cells, I think even Al commented that uh, the young girl who, for some reason, looked like a woman, you know, took his eye. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like in Deck the Halls when they have to go and uh, wash their eyes out in the uh, holy water afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, and there's one panel in there where I think it's off panel. Someone's asking the, I guess, the older sister, I guess she is. If she wants to sit on Santa's lap. And I'm like, well, was that Al saying that? Because that, that looks like a woman and Sam wouldn't ask yeah, an older woman to sit on his lap. Yeah, it says, is that your sister, Jesse? Maybe she'd like to talk to Santa too. Yeah. Yeah, a lot seemed wrong in this <laughs> this comic. But I think part of it is like, right. artwork's not that great. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's an understatement. Which is a shame because the second story actually has a massive improvement in the artwork. It's probably among the best artwork that they did in the comics in the second story. Right. So it's a shame they couldn't get really good artwork in the first one, especially when it needs to be somewhat more whimsical. It's a it's actually a story that has lots of Miracle on 34th Street vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree? Between that and uh, it, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Did mm. Al actually have gray hair yeah. by his ears? By his temples? Yeah. Because mm. this picture right there yeah. absolutely just weirds me uh, out. Who's the lady in the bra? That's a mannequin. Oh, that's a mannequin. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Al was lusting after a mannequin, too. I thought she I just remember. had one of those chokers on hey, look, her. She's, no, because look at the, the bottom. Yeah, oh, okay. I see it. My eyes didn't go all the way down that far. <laughs> There. <laughs> My eyes are up here. You don't hold it up now. You can... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. There was lots of weird stuff about this comic, actually. So the North Pole is in a is in an apartment building, and there's elves in there. That's and what is it looks he staying, like. Is he staying with his coworker? What's going on? I just don't understand the story. Somebody <laughs> explain it to me. He must have an apartment for you know eleven months out of the year or something. And then this picture right here was weird. Oh, where he's holding the little the little oh, boy. That's ugly. Yeah, right there. But it looks like a doll or something. Was that the younger brother of the older sister that we thought was the mom? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I believe so. Yeah, that's what Michelle's like. She asked, would you ask about that? What is that? Yeah, what what is that he's in front of Sam? Like, what is like, I think that's, I think that's the little brother. But yeah, it's just very 
oddly done. There were some artistic I, choices. I, I think know. they must have really been rushed to get these comics out. Possibly. Sometimes it, to allow that sort of horrid looking artwork to actually be printed. The artwork didn't bother me. The story is just it's just not good, I'm gonna say in my opinion. But it, it was like the they were counting on the cover to sell it and they didn't really care what was inside because it didn't right. really make sense. Well, yeah. I thought the story had good points. I just thought it needed better execution in parts. Yeah. What were the good points? Well, I like the overarching theme of, you know, put some good out into the world and it'll come back to you and mm-hmm. a little bit of kindness to someone can feel like the world to them. So mm-hmm. I did like those I, I liked it better in uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at a site I use called mikesamazingworld.com and this guy he's cataloged almost every comic book and has information on it uh, some more than others and on these comics here it looks like issue 2 came out in November of 1991 and this issue came out in February of 1992 hmm. so it was great timing and see, I, I, it wasn't a monthly comic or even by it wasn't on a regular schedule. It's kind of like my, my podcast. They come out on a regular, whenever they want, it looks like. First episode was released June of 91. Second issue was released November of 91. And then we jumped to a monthly schedule, uh, February, March, April. And then we skip a couple of months until, uh, what is it, uh, August? Issue seven came out in August. And then they skipped a month in October. And then November, December, January. And then they skip a month for March. And they skipped five months in the last episode, last episode, last issue came out in August of 93. So it wasn't a very regular schedule. So I don't know if that was something with innovation or something with the art team or why it was such a year. Because usually most books are either monthly or bi-monthly or they're on some sort of regular schedule. But yeah, this was very haphazardly released. It almost feels like the artwork was done before the script and they just had to fill things in the bubbles that kind of made sense and the letter didn't get the script and she just had to make it up as she went along. Possibly. There's different ways of writing the comics. They may have done it that way. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just really liked that sort of childish art style for a supposedly whimsical issue. I definitely like the art it in the second story better. It does really make me wonder who would have approved it, though. You know, the art in the second story. Yeah, the second story's better. art was much better. Yeah. yeah. The, the the lady in that was very pretty. I'll say that. Yeah. I like her yeah. And, and will... she, looked, she looked like an adult. And she wasn't yeah. compared to... That helps. <laughs> sister, which we couldn't... Although she was supposedly Asian, and I didn't pick up on that until they actually stated it. Yeah, I read that line, and I kept looking at her, and I didn't see anything Asian. So <laughs> it was I was confused on that too. Was, yeah, maybe there's a couple panels you can kind of see an Asian tilt to it, I guess. Maybe. Oh, maybe that's the right phrase to use. But <laughs> it's like wow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, maybe that might have been a good one to do in sort of an anime or a manga style <laughs> sort of artwork. I will say at least they have Al dressed with a Christmas shirt and a, and a star bolo tie. Yeah, that was cool. First one, like I, to me, that could be something that Al could wear, but it still wasn't flashy enough for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I did really like his Christmas tree sort of outfit as well. In fact, I think that uh, some of the kids were saying, oh, is the Christmas tree guy your friend? Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Well, that's what I was talking about. That's the shirt I'm talking about with the star oh, blue right. tie. Yeah. But I feel mm. like his pants and stuff, like he could have had a jacket or something to go with it. That would have 
been over the top. It was Christmassy, but not owl enough for me. Well, Al actually, or Dean Stockwell, couldn't really wear a lot of green on the show because he mm-hmm. had to do so much work on green screen. Yeah. So it's actually nice seeing him in some green. I think really the only green we might have seen him in was the stop sign jacket, and mm-hmm. that was a different shade of green that obviously wouldn't be picked up by the green screen. So right. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think the sto- either story would have been better if they just picked one and expanded it. Went full length instead yeah, of. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I've yeah. seen more. Because I like the idea of him being framed, but it was like a really quick, okay, you're going to jail. But then they saved him. It'd be like if I was reading Grace in a Bedtime Story and skipped like five pages so he would go to bed early. Well, even the neighbors showing up that quickly didn't really bother me. It was more like I think it was Albie was saying earlier the, the owner of the store showing up and saying, oh, no, I believe you. And yeah, you're fired because I don't believe you. Just out of nowhere, for for yeah. some reason, he believes the guy. It, yes, the guy's a hardworking man, but if he was stealing from him, he would also appear to be a hardworking man. So, and I just realized something: Al is yeah. in a total than he is in the actual Christmas. Yeah, he's not wearing the Christmas shirt. A lot of times, the covers are done independent from the actual, the actual story. I don't know how they innovation did their books, their covers. And, and they didn't coordinate. I'm thinking it was because they don't have, didn't have like electronic communications back then, like we do now. So they probably just all sent their work to the to the company, and then they they didn't match. But yeah, what I'm thinking is, yeah, the artist was told, okay, well, Sam leaps into a guy who's Santa Claus. It's Christmas story. Do us a cover. Mm-hmm. And so he did the cover without actually seeing the inside artwork, and mm. that's what we got. Shouldn't Santa be incredibly busy at this time of year? Why is he, you know, at the apartment piss farting around with, you know, his so-called co-workers when the elves obviously need his help? I mean, the elves keep showing up saying, Oi, time to go. You know, let's yeah. It it didn't really make sense to me much. Yeah, no. I don't well, I mean again, going back to what you said earlier, Miracle on 34th Street, I mean Santa was he didn't have the elves bugging him in that movie, but you know, it was right before Christmas and Santa was busy playing, you know, the department store Santa. And so, I mean, that part I can I can kind of overlook just because, again, it's like I said, I liked it better in America on 34th Street. <laughs> Santa looks pissed here. Look, yeah. give, give me big again. Look, look, look. Horrible. That is not a nice looking Santa. And or elf did, for that matter. When do the elves get bigger than Santa? I thought the elf was from like a Nintendo video game or something. Yeah, that's what I thought. I I was wondering. It's it's obviously it's obviously Legolas from Lord of the Rings, and he was normal size. I was thinking Link. Is is Link the right person I'm thinking of? Yeah, Link. Yeah, Yeah. Link. Yeah, I was wondering if he was supposed to be somebody that that one elf because yeah, he looked very. Yeah, like a video game character or something that was just very odd. He's kind of the Bernard character, the one that's, you know, human-sized for some reason. <laughs> if if this comic was made today, I would say it was completely done by artificial intelligence. That's why it makes no sense and nothing Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty but, much. Yeah, but it really felt like it needed to have a few extra pages to actually show how they could prove the innocence of, what was his name, Mark or something. Mm-hmm. That Ronald Reagan? They they needed to actually show the process of how they proved his innocence, and then I would have been a bit more um a bit more invested. The other thing too, Ziggy's so effing useless in this episode. 
or in this issue. <laughs> like, this couldn't come up with any information about Nick, but also couldn't come up with any information about, you know, what's actually going to happen about the framing. And surely that would have been big news. Well, I understand why they couldn't pull any information on Nick because he's actually Santa Claus. So, it, yeah. Like, like Al said, he, it's like Nick didn't exist before Sam leapt in there. So that's understandable. But yeah, the rest of it, I agree. And Michelle's got a question there. She wants to look like Harrison Ford. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this brings up another issue. What was the main character of the story that not Sam, but the other guy, the dad looked Mark. He yeah, looked Mark. a lot like Sam. So like I was looking at the panels and reading and looking down and trying to figure out who is who and yeah. how the mom is the sister and where did the little boy go? And all of a sudden there's somebody stealing money from the company. And I'm like, I don't understand. And I thought I was maybe, you know, like having brain damage or a stroke or something while I was reading it. So I had to reread it. And the same thing happened the second time. First time I blamed it on me. Second time I was like confused. I will say this. I thought this was a neat concept. I don't think it was executed well. This, the whole bullet, the gun, the, the barrel of the gun actually showing his reflection, even though it's, kind of poorly done i liked that there was a the concept yeah i was like that could have done been done really well how they had an artist that actually was an artist but see i'd have to ask jared about that i don't know if his face reflect that well in the gun unless it's like yeah. gold plated or something but I did notice actually in the comics this one included but in the comics in general they did try and do a lot more better stuff with the mirror shots and have it look like Al's going through more things than obviously they would have been able to do back in the show simply because of their limitations with the special effects. So it's nice to see they actually were trying to bring some of those things in and um, trying to stay consistent. But like you said, everything could have been done quite a lot better. Yeah, I think better artist and yeah, if they would have extended this Christmas issue out to be the entire issue instead of half, mm-hmm. I, I think this could have been a better story. And it could have been better done. To me, it almost feels like they had a full comic book worth of story and they just pulled pages to make it fit. Yeah. Maybe it really does. Maybe it was edited down so they could put the other story in there. Mm -hmm. Did you like the other story? But I know Innovation did a lot of TV-based stuff. They did the Twilight Zone comic. They did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Land of the Lost. Uh, No, Chaka, no. I I would have bought that one. You know, you guys were talking about the, the that she's Asian in the mm-hmm. comics. She looks like the chick from um, Wayne's World, the girlfriend. Right, uh, Tia Curry. Yeah, that's who she looks Maybe. like. Well, unless she has any other like, thoughts. More on, like Filipino. If you have any thoughts on Sa- the Santa Claus issue, otherwise we'll move on to the next story, which was written by Link Yako, illustrated by Andy Price, lettered again by Vicki Williams, colors with Scott Rockwell again. Editor was George Broderick Jr. And they had research and consultation by M.B. Stencil, which was assistant professor UFC, and R. Winchester, telecom specialist, MIT. Who was the story editor on the the Christmas story? The the editor was the same guy. George Broderick Jr. was the editor. Yeah. Actually, I'm pretty sure that we've had an email of his read out in. Okay. One of our levels of inception in the A Little Miracle podcast as well. Oh, yeah. I so think maybe that, I can, that sounds familiar. Maybe I can source that and put it in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but look, as for the second story, did anyone else think it was really freaking pointless? It was boring. Uh, again, I think, it, I think it suffered the same problem as the first story. They tried to do a full-length story in only half the pages. So we missed mm-hmm. out a lot. 
And one thing that bugs me on page four of the story where Al touches the monitor and it fizzles and he says he, he actually touched a Bunsen burner. Why is there a Bunsen burner in the imaging chamber? Yeah. I thought the same thing. I don't exact understand thing. that either. Yeah. But here's the timeline of events. Originally, in the original timeline, uh, the girl proved her theory, which proved time travel was possible. And so Sam built his string theory and did Project Quantum. All right. He leaps in, prevents the girl from coming up with her theory. And so there's this paradox that Sam shouldn't be able to be there now because he wouldn't have come up with his string theory and built Quantum Leap. Right. And then he manages to help her come up with her theory. And so Sam leaps out and continues leaping. Why did he leap in there in the first place? Yeah, I, I, again, I, I, I think we missed something because they, they no, shorted they it down too much. It, well, not us. <laughs> we missed out yeah. story-wise. He, he created yeah. the problem he solved, right? Yeah. 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 So unless I'm glad they never did that in together, the show. Unless it was just he was supposed to get them together. Wasn't it the idea that they couldn't be together because he, the guy was too distracting and she wouldn't complete her theory? So he was trying to get them know. together while at the same time not keep them together and make sure she finishes her theory. It, yeah. Yeah. It made no sense. If she went with the other guy, she would have gave up her career and never made the thesis. But she had to go with Matt to continue her work on on what she was doing. But if she missed this little test, then she would never know that something traveled backwards in time. What was it? Quarks? Tachyons? Something like that. Um, yeah. But see, what they really needed was to have a reason why Sam was there. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe he wasn't even really there to put right or wrong. Maybe they could have made it that by him being there and him assisting, then something happened at the project where they were able to make some big breakthrough. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. that's that's a way they could have gone which would have made sense. It would kind of go against the premise of the show where mm-hmm. he has to put right or wrong, but at least it would well, have a reason. And it may not have been a wrong at the time, but giving an idea for the project still may have been writing a wrong. So I, mm-hmm. I could get behind that. I will say this. There's one thing that I just noticed that I thought was a really neat detail is that Al is actually wearing his ring in the actual drawings. And to me, that's kind of cool. Yeah, his Vietnam ring. Yeah. Oh. That is that's really cool. Right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the one Janice wore. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the episode coming out January 2nd. Yeah. Spoilers. So oh. That was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. He's well, it's not like she hadn't been wearing it originally anyway. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I see it. For the mathematicians who listen, like me and, well, that might be it, but yeah. I did like the idea of uh, including some paradox sort of ideas, especially Zeno's paradox, which is that there's a geometric series, which is one plus a half plus a quarter plus an eighth plus a sixteenth. You keep successively adding half of the previous term. And the thing is, you'll... Um, if you add up an infinite number of terms, you'll get the number two. Now, the idea was with the paradox that if you consider Sam every time he leaps going half the distance back home, then the thing is there's always going to be that extra half the distance Mm -hmm. that still needs to travel. So that kind of brings up this idea, well, he should never be able to get home then because he's never going to be able to actually pass that final half. Is that Um, because there's infinite numbers between each whole number? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And um, I think it's number 12. The comic actually talks about this. They actually make the stance that you can come up with logical paradoxes, but their stance is that 
even though you can come up with a logical paradox, the universe just isn't going to let it happen. <laughs> so that's why you can actually pass from one point to the other, mm-hmm. you know, even though paradoxically you shouldn't be able to, realistically you can. So I thought that that was a kind of a neat callback that they actually did to this comic in that one. And that's actually one of the best comics too, because uh, what was that one called? Waiting, wasn't it? It was more like just a very simple leap, but it was more like a conversation between Sam and Al. Um, just the fact that they had some time to, you know, flesh out a few ideas and to, you know, just enjoy each other's company as friends, which they don't get to do very often. Mm. So if you didn't like this comic very much, listeners and Michelle, uh, uh, that's definitely one worth having a look at. Quick, yeah, it was called Waiting, issue 12. Did you guys notice the back back page where it says Mm -hmm. special thanks to colorist Chris Ballard? for leaping in at the last minute and helping put right a schedule that once went wrong. So I do remember the editor telling us that they did have a lot of problems that were going on at the time. They couldn't even get a consistent artist throughout the whole series until about a uh, comic six or so from what I remember. So uh, the colorist was good. And that may be part of the problem with why they had so many delays and why it wasn't like either a monthly or bi-monthly book because of the, the issues with the artist. Yeah. The and also was good. why there was such jarring difference between the art styles too. Mm-hmm. And another thing I'm noticing is every time that they kiss somebody in here, when someone has their eyes open. <laughs> every kiss, somebody has an eye open. That's really kind of weird. <laughs> uh, do most people clo- kiss with their eyes closed or open? I don't know. I would... Mostly everybody, I, I would Close? assume, yeah, closed is like the normal. But if you look at every kiss, there's Those poor yeah. people. They must be kissing people who are so butt ugly you don't want to see them. <laughs> I, I, I do understand so- why he, Sam's eyes open in the first kiss because he's like surprised what's going on. But yeah, right. after that, then she's got her eyes open. Why? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Now you're looking at it, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's, Man, just, it's yeah it's just a weird thing the only one where their eyes are actually closed is on page 15 when he's leaping mm. but maybe he just he closes his eyes when he leaps anyways i don't know i just thought it was kind of weird well see and that's uh... the odd things i pick up right hayden the odd things that I picked That's up. why we need you here. This I is really why like we can't that. do a show without you. And, and that's <laughs> an, thank you for reminding me about that that's the other issue i issue i had of this issue with the story this issue you had with this issue <laughs> <laughs> is that alan an mit sweatshirt hoodie yes yes, yes. huh i like that okay you can <laughs> i don't know that is weird maybe the artist uh kisses with his eyes open i don't know <laughs> it just i can't focus when it's that close to my face so maybe that's why i close my eyes i don't know and then maybe it's just it's it's hard to remember <laughs> Maybe it's last a problem. Last time I kissed somebody, story. Obama was president. <laughs> Is that the last time you saw Hayden? No. Uh, <laughs> that was my trip to Australia, yeah. But so the guy was too quiet. He didn't say anything about how he feels about the girl, it seems like, is part of why Sam was there. When Sam leapt out, are they going to be together or is he going to be back to his, his nerdy, I'm too busy working to deal with her? I don't quite know if the story gave me a satisfactory ending. They never do. <laughs> I, I've no, had a this, lot of times I've they do. I've had this problem from day one when they go into the imaging chamber. I not mean, sorry, the holding pen and <laughs> the waiting room, the holding pen and driving Miss Daisy. 
Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're, you're and creepy McCreep face. <laughs> yes. They go in there and then they come back. It's just the same. Like nothing. <laughs> it might have changed for everybody else outside the holding pen. Right. But unless mm. they've got like cameras on what's going on or owls like, dude, when you get back, this is what's happened. This is what's going to happen. You know, you got to do right. or you're going to F it all up. And what if the guy in the holding pin comes back, messes it up, and then you've got Sam who has to re-leap back into it and fix again what he just already fixed. And then he's going to be mad because he had to go back and fix what he had fixed. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it, it's... I'd be pretty pissed. You know, I don't like it when my kids mess up and then I have to fix it and then they mess it up again. No. I think the guy is going to be okay with uh, or coming back to his life and he's engaged to the beautiful woman. I mean, he's probably like, I don't remember this happening, but it's pretty good. <laughs> or what if he's like, I'm not ready to get married and now mm. he's got to What if he doesn't heart. like women? So who knows? I don't know. Well, he's an MIT student and he's a nerd. Most yeah. of them do yeah. like women. They're just too afraid of them. <laughs> Yeah, that's my story. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, yeah, that's weird. I think there's a book that covers that, isn't there, Hayden? What happens when people uh, uh, come back into their lives after somebody, or after yeah. Sam's changed Written things? Written by our good friend Christopher D. Philippus. Yes. For knowledge. For knowledge. Why do all these people have such really crazy last names? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that Chris is Italian, so that would be part of it. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he hates the Italian problem on Quantum Leap too. And Hayden Hayden's from Pixar, so that that has something to do. <laughs> Mike Wazowski. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I'm glad we because I haven't read these books mm-hmm. since 1992. Wow, <laughs> I, I I don't think I've read these since I, I picked them up when I first got them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the first comic I've ever read in my life all the way through, and I'm really sad. Ooh. My first comic I've ever read. All the way Don't judge comics by this comic. I'll try waiting next. I mean, I have my Dark Crystal ones and my Labyrinth ones. Never read. Well, I guess we've proved in this case that you definitely can't judge a comic by its cover because the artwork <laughs> on the inside is going to be much, much worse. Yes, I think that should be the name of the, the episode. <laughs> in fact, yeah, we may have to do some more of these. I've got you can't judge a comic by its cover, but yeah, we have to look at some more of these books and see. I, I remember there being some good ones. Just this one's not so much. Yeah, I remember enjoying them. I just don't remember. Maybe it's because I was such a fan of Quantum Leap and I was missing the show that I enjoyed it. Or mm-hmm. actually, this came out while Quantum Leap was still on. So was it in between seasons or Up around the same time? Stone Wall is another really good one as well. Yes, that's a good one. Which one? Which one? Yeah. Up against a stone wall. Oh, it's um, yeah, it's a continuation of Good Night, Dear Heart. Mm-hmm. He leaps into the woman, yes. I can't remember her name, the redhead from Desperate Housewives. Yeah, he leaps mm-hmm. into her. She's a lesbian, and it's about uh, stuff that goes on at the Stonewall riots. That's the one where he was the mortician. Yeah, good night to your heart, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, good night to your heart. Was, oh, yes, I do. We just recently watched uh, yeah. that Robert Duncan McNeil's in it. It's that was a good, good episode. One. I liked that one. Yeah. yeah, I remember that there was a, a comic that had a, a sequel. I thought there was a, one of the novels. Okay, yeah, yes. and... Pulitzer is the novel that's uh, kind yes. of like a continuation of okay. um, like the Leap, Leap Home to Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. It's essentially the Leap Home Part 3. Yeah, up against Stonewall was issue 9. So we can definitely do some of those. Uh, 
Yeah, up against the stone wall and waiting are definitely comics we'll need to discuss, and Pulitzer definitely one that we need to discuss from the novels. Angels Unaware as well. That one has uh, Analita the Angel and um, Michelle hasn't seen Teresa that. Bruckner from Another Mother. She yes, that's another really good one. Yeah, I, I just yeah. recently reread that book. So there's definitely a few good ones. Yeah. Well, if you want a Christmassy sort of episode, it's not really Christmas theme, but it's got a sort of connection to it. Watch um, It's a Wonderful Leap. All right, mm-hmm. Michelle? You have my permission to watch that one. <laughs> she will occur as well. <laughs> but yeah. they both could have been good stories. I think it was just rushed and, yeah, they tried to fit too much into one issue when they should each should have been its own story, I think. And I think we could have had something better. Yeah. And then the art on that first story. But yeah, the first story was unbelievable. And the second one was pointless. So (laughs) they really needed to try and avoid padding things out while at the same time rushing through them. It seems like a debacle all around, except for the cover. Yeah. (laughs) The cover looks good on my comic book rack, you know? That's the best thing around the holidays. Yeah. (laughs) Best thing about this, this issue is the cover. But hey, they made a comic book. That's more than I ever did, right? So I, I have a question. So we have this really, I want I hate to say this, but bad Christmas story in this comic book. What Christmas story would you recommend to people to uh, get your Christmas spirit back, to, uh, to uh, cleanse your palate after, after this, to, to get you back in that holly jolly mood? Does it what? have to be from Quantum Leap? No, not at all. Just something Christmassy. Okay. I've got two. What would you recommend? Okay. I have two. Of course, the first one that everybody's going to say is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Like that is just a, you know, it's just a steadfast everything movie. But my other one is Mixed Nuts. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know if I'd you love that. that. Yeah, I, I just watched it two nights ago. So I'm a huge Madeline Kahn fan, mm-hmm. huge Madeline Kahn fan. And um, my best friend, Neil, and I w- went and saw it in the theater and we loved it. And so during Christmas time, we always end up addressing each other with, hey, Ted! Because <laughs> I just absolutely love it. She is just so funny. And it, was it's, good. It was, it's one of those sleeper hits that people don't really know of. But mm-hmm. I only first heard of it last year. I was going oh through LaserDisc on eBay and saw it. And I was like, I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's written and- by Nora Ephron and her sister. It's an adaptation of a French film. And uh, it's directed by Nora Ephron, so it's really good. And everybody's in it. Everybody's in it. Yes. And he always says that I, I'm the girl who answers the hotline mm-hmm. that's sitting in the bathtub when the guy's talking dirty. She's like, no, ew, 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 ew. He's like, oh, my gosh, that so reminds me of Michelle. So <laughs> now I've been, I, now <laughs> the adult Michelle is more like, hey, <laughs> just, I, I'll have to. Great movie. Her. When you bring out Tarina. Oh, gosh. <laughs> To answer your question, Albie, uh, all right, for any of the Quantum Leap fans, obviously we know we've got a little miracle and a, what is it now, nine-hour-long podcast to go along with it. Oh, my goodness. Soon to be longer when we get into next year and have an extra interview to add. I reckon, actually, Albie, next year, what we're going to have to do, we're going to have to come up with a competition where we put, like, little keywords or little phrases or something hidden throughout <laughs> the podcast so that people will actually have to listen all the way through to be able to um, to enter. So, yeah, we've got a little miracle. Um, if you're interested in something with Dean Stockwell about Christmas, 
Christmas-like. There's an episode of an old TV show from the 70s called McLeod, and the episode is called Twas the Fight Before Christmas. Mm. Um, Never heard of yeah, it. That's something, yeah, that's something you might want to watch okay. if uh, you can find it. If you don't care about Quantum Leap or something else, a couple of guilty pleasures that I always like are the Christmas episode of Rugrats. It's called the Santa Experience, and uh, Chucky's scared of Santa Claus, so they decide they're going to set a trap for him, and <laughs> there's one part where they're going around all the booby traps they've set around the cabin, and <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and when they get to the chim- chimney, they're like, Chibbly, Chibbly? <laughs> Who in their right mind will go down a Chibbly? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, also the Christmas episode of Rocco's Modern Life, mm. which is called Rocco's Modern Christmas, another guilty pleasure of mine. So, yeah, there's a couple for people to look up. They're both on Paramount Plus because the old Nickelodeon shows are on there. Mm-hmm. Well worth looking up. All right. I'm adding those to my list. <laughs> yeah. And how about you, Aaron? Uh, I'm going to go for a couple of standards since we just read basically both these movies in this issue. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street <laughs> is always a classic. And it's a wonderful life. The original, right? The original. Uh, of course. Yeah. It's a wonderful life. I have to watch it's a wonderful no, life. I love the one with Matilda in it. Christmas. <laughs> it's watchable, but the original's yeah. better. Actually, yes, in I Miracle agree. on 34th Street, I reckon one of the best scenes ever done in all film is the scene of Santa with the deaf girl. Mm. Yeah. That's a beautiful scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, when he signs to her. Mm-hmm. I yeah. will give you that. But I'm black. Yeah, no, I've got to go, especially since both both of these stores were basically in this issue, just not mm-hmm. done as well because they try to combine the two stories and really shorten everything, but pad it out. And again, crappy artwork. <laughs> I didn't mind the artwork, but I'd say I blame the story editor if I have to blame somebody, if there yeah. is a blame. Blame is unkind, but uh, who's responsible for this? I don't know. But the story editor, I guess. Someone has to be voted off the island. Yeah, it would be the story editor for this one. I'm sure he's done other things that are great, but just yeah. this one seemed like they didn't have enough time or something went on. Yeah, I'm sure what there was a lot you, of behind the scenes. Mine actually ties in with that uh, whole uh, Santa Claus and sign language thing uh, that takes place in this movie, too, because, of course, Santa knows all languages, right? There's a sh- uh, movie. I always watch the Lifetime or Lifetime-esque holiday movies. I love them just because they're the same movie over and over and over again. Uh, the one I liked the most this year so far, it was called Snowed In. I've been and, hearing a uh, lot of good things about that. Yeah, it's uh, spelled with two ends, I think, because they're, they're like in and in, uh, and they're snowed in. Oh, yeah. I did see that. It's got um, – it doesn't Lindsay Lohan lose her memory in that? No, that's fa- Falling for Christmas or something, or what uh, is yeah, it called? Yeah. yeah, that's a different one. I. Uh, yeah, Snowden, I, I would recommend it. it. It had me crying at the end, happy tears, like they oh, all do. Awesome. But I mean, I just really enjoyed it. So Is it Snowden Christmas? Like yeah, maybe. Snowden Christmas. It's on Netflix, isn't it? Uh, I don't remember where I watched it, one of the streaming things, but I have Hallmark now and I have pretty much all of them. So I don't know. Of course, there's the zillion different adaptions of A Christmas mm-hmm. Carol you could watch. Mm-hmm. The Man Who Invented Christmas is a great one. It's all about... Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Dickens writing mm-hmm. A Christmas Carol. That's a really good one. Yeah, I've been uh, on one of my lists somewhere. Have um, any of you seen Spirited yet? Oh, I loved it. That was the first was, movie we watched good. for the holiday series season. Yeah. Ryan really Reynolds good. is awesome. Yeah, Will Farrell. The singing and dancing is pretty good. Aren't we getting a Deadpool Christmas special soon? Uh the yeah, Ryan Reynolds wrote one, but they didn't produce it. But they oh, still fuck. want to. 
Yeah, so yeah. I haven't heard. The, I know they're doing, supposed to be doing Deadpool three, but I haven't heard anything mm-hmm. else. But yeah, he wrote a whole holiday special. Have you guys seen the um, the Disney cartoon? The um, what are the elves that I like? What is that one? Oh, called? Uh, Prep and Landing. Uh, Prep and Landing. Have you guys watched mm-hmm. those? Mm-hmm. Those to me are so clever. Oh my goodness, Hayden, you'd love them. Yeah, that'd be another one. I guess I would throw one of my. What was it called again? Prep, prep and, and landing. landing. Prep. Yeah, I think I have those on Blu-ray, like the one and two yes. set yes. or something. Yeah. They're they're so it's about these little Christmas elves that go to the house and they prep the house for Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And okay. the one of the elves is up for a promotion and he doesn't get it, so he's real bitter. And so Well, like, it's real life. The guy that he trained <laughs> got the promotion. Yeah. And so, <laughs> much like happens in real life and you know yeah. there's part where he's like sitting on the chair and he's like got a santa cookie and he's like trying to bite the santa's head off you know because he's all <laughs> bitter from santa and <laughs> it's it's and he's training this other little elf who uh is he's learned he knows all about this guy and he's like oh you're like the main prep and landing guy and and it's just it's really good it it's I would highly recommend it. In fact, nice. I would love to do like actually talk to you guys about it because to me, mm-hmm. they haven't done any really good Christmas cartoons since I was a kid. And to mm-hmm. me, those really just are like, I have to watch them every year. Nice. And Grayson loves yeah. me. Well, I think we've had our share of uh, Christmas chases now, which can wash down that horrible tasting mm-hmm. comic book. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have we got anything else that we want to say uh, about the comic or about Quantum Leap in general? I like Quantum Leap. <laughs> I like the Tin Man. The Tin Man. It's a Christmas story reference. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I like Quantum Leap too. Uh, this issue, yeah. not so much, but. <laughs> not so much. And it's weird because I normally like everything, but I just couldn't like this. That's Aaron too. Huh, <laughs> huh Hayden. <laughs> yeah, if I'm crapping on it, you know it's not a good story. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard for me to be honest about that kind of stuff, but I couldn't find anything really good to focus on. So, well, I see like the pig farmer episode. <laughs> I, I, not my favorite, but I didn't think it was a bad episode. I, I can't find a whole lot good to say about this issue. This picture wraps up the whole thing of the comic. That mm. is just <laughs> disgusting. That, I'm that, sorry. That is a caricature if I ever saw one. Yes. It's so nasty looking. Like, yeah. he looks like Richard oh, and, Nixon. And Al looks so angry and he, evil. He looks like, <laughs> like a Richard Nixon almost. Something. Yeah. The chest There's hair. something going on. Just that chest hair. Come on. And the nose. Oh my goodness. kind of got the eyebrows right. <laughs> that go down to his <laughs> But... I guess uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Starbright Project, unless you guys have any other thoughts that you want to give out to everyone. Um, Other than I want to wish all of our listeners, both of them, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And again, I know the Starbright Project has been MIA for a couple months while I've been figuring out what we're doing with the new series. And it's kind of because, again, the original premise of the show was me and Michelle watching the entire show through as an index show. Michelle the first time, but then with the new series coming out, we've kind of dropped that and skipped around and let her watch. (laughs) We've been leaping around. Yes. They've balled up the string (laughs) and the the episodes are crossing over each other. (laughs) I will have to say that it's actually been a lot of fun. 
And um, I love the friendships that we've built through this. And I really have grown to really enjoy and look forward to our times talking. Sometimes I'm like, what else can we podcast on just so we can hang out with Hayden some more and <laughs> like talk to everybody because it's it's so much fun. And Albie, thank you for joining us again. Like, it's oh, thank really, you for having me. Thank you for inviting us on your show. I really appreciated Ooh, that. Yeah, like, that was a blast. That was good. That made me feel like, wow, I'm with the big wigs now. So <laughs> I will have to say thank you for that. And and so the Starbright Project will be returning to airwaves in January. I'll be releasing the uh, talking about the I'm not sure series. which year, but January. <laughs> yeah, I'm not narrowing it down that much. I'm just saying January. <laughs> 31st. The, the Starbright Project will return. We'll be talking about the new series, Again. which, well, I, I haven't even released the first four episodes we've done. So those will be released <laughs> first. And uh, so, yeah, we'll be releasing new episodes. I've got a couple episodes of recommendations from Michelle. Now I will, I will say this. It's <laughs> not that I don't like the new show. Don't get me wrong. I love the new show, but you guys, I, I guess it's kind of different for you guys because you guys have had the old show where it's so cool to see the new show come from the old show where I'm still in the old show, loving the old show and learning the old show that I feel like this other one's just kind of, it's there and I'm enjoying it, but it's not as nostalgic for me as it would be for all of you guys. So it's a different, like, I just want to go back to the old show. Let me watch the old show. That's what I'm in love with. Let me watch that. Where you guys have seen them all. And you're like, it's a wonderful leap. Go watch that one. And what's that one about Hayden? A little synopsis, non-spoilery for uh, Michelle. Sam is a taxi driver and he immediately leaps in while driving and runs someone over. And then he puts it in reverse and does it again backwards. No, I knew that part. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. though? In no fact, mess Sam up. Isn't that the same one that? No one's answering my question. We'll put a pin in that. No. Isn't that the same, <laughs> isn't that the same one that had a young Donald Trump? <laughs> yes. You yes. can edit that scene yes. right back into there, and it works. Yeah. And <laughs> the continuation <laughs> from uh, Stephen Colbert. Yeah, that's a good one. Huh? Yeah. Michelle's like, what? What? Wait, wait a minute. But Michelle is going to hit you if you don't put that episode on right after this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam definitely didn't do what he was supposed to do because we're living in this timeline where that yes. happened. So Sam I blame not... Dr. Sam Beckett for that. He did not set right what once went wrong. He had a chance to crash the cab into a building, but he didn't do we it. We find out that so. Ziggy's a pretty shitty computer since she doesn't adjust for daylight saving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, of course, look out for that boxing poster. So, Michelle's like, what the yeah. hell are you guys on? You, you know you're going to go and watch it now, are you? Don't you, Aaron? I don't know. I, I'm so confused. From all of us here at the Star Bright Project, we want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to the Star Bright Project. Join us monthly as we continue leaping with Sam and Al. If you like the show, I recommend buying Quantum Leap on Blu-ray. You can also watch it on the NBC website or app. The only thing on this show that Michelle and I own are our thoughts and opinions. NBC Universal own the rights to Quantum Leap, and any songs that we use are owned by their prospective owners. Any clips we use, we're using good faith for the show. I know this doesn't excuse us legally, but we just want NBC to sue us. We're as big fans of the show and want to share that love with the world. For more podcasting goodness, check out the other shows on the Headcast Network. Head Speaks is released on the first Tuesday of the month, where I talk about comics, TV shows, movies, books, and whatever I want, but it's usually geek-related. 
G.I. Joe, Aurora Market Headcast is normally out the second Tuesday of the month, where a rotating batch of guest hosts and I discuss the G.I. Joe comics and cartoons from the 80s. The third Thursday brings us Task Force X, where I talk about John Ostinger's Suicide Squad and Paul Kupperberg's Checkmate comics, both from the late 80s, early 90s. Finally, the fourth Tuesdays of the month, we have the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, where I examine the Will Payton Starman comic and the Mark Shaw Manhunter comics, again, both from the late 80s. Then on Thursdays, I release my second batch of shows, where Michelle shows up on most of them. The first Thursday of the month, I'll be releasing the Starbright Project, a Quantum Leap podcast, where Michelle and I look at the greatest time travel show in the late 80s and early 90s. Then the second Thursday of the month, look for Retrospect of the 80s. You guessed it, Michelle and myself take a time travel trip back to the greatest decade that was, in my opinion. The third Thursday will possibly, maybe, bring another show, Voyager's Cast, where Michelle, I, and some guests look at the best time travel show from the early 80s. And finally, on the fourth Thursday of the month, I have Bravo Team, where myself and possibly some guest hosts talk about anything G.I. Joe related, not covering the main G.I. Joe show. Also, if you like what I'm doing, please check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash headcastnetwork. If you're enjoying my shows, throw a few bucks in the bin. You must appreciate it. But that'll do it for this episode. Join us next time to see where Sam ends up. Oh, boy.